0: Hey everyone, our greatest desire is that this podcast would make you more excited about studying the Bible, so we encourage all to come to their own conclusions based on a personal study of God's Word regarding the subjects being discussed. The views expressed by the guests on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of our sponsors or who they represent. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review or share it with your friends. Now, here's the show. You know, that lamb represents Christ. That lamb is looking at you whilst you slit its throat. You
1: slit his throat. So, the greatest irony of this text is that Cain doesn't want to shed the blood of the lamb, Mm -hmm. but he has no problem shedding his brother's blood.
0: I'm Dean Cullenay and you're listening to Why They Did That, a show that explores the motivations of biblical characters and how their choices can guide yours. Today on the show, we have Dr. Deutschin Zivadinovich. He recently received his PhD in Church History. And he probably speaks more languages than you and me, put together twice over. He has a passion for studying the Old Testament, specifically the character narratives of the book of Genesis. And so in this episode, we discuss the truly tragic tale of Cain. The entrance of sin into the earth was devastating. Adam and Eve knew that they would no longer live forever. They were cut off from the Garden of Eden, from the Tree of Life, and they watched as the earth all around them began to bear the curse of transgression. They had but one hope, the prophecy of Genesis 3.15, that a seed from the woman would come and crush the head of the serpent. A child of Eve would be the Messiah. And when we get to Genesis chapter four, she's pregnant.
1: That's very exciting for Eve. She has a whole poetic sentence. She says, I have Cana, I have a man from the Lord. She says, I conceived a Cain, a possessor, or the obtained one. So this is what his name means. This is what his name means, because mm. uh, because there is a promise that God gave specifically to Eve, that from her seed a a savior will come. And so she's probably very excited, thinking that this is the obtained one. And that's what she says. I I have acquired a man with the Lord. Right. So she's thinking, with the help of the Lord, I got it. Uh huh. I got the man. I. This is the obtained one. Right. So this is a. This is not just momentous but for
0: them it's a great hope right why wouldn't they think that it's the savior
1: that's a great pressure upon the child right (laughs) and the parents and the parents and how do you parent a a, a potential savior of humanity Mm. how do you parent him yeah you pamper him do you let him do what he wants how do you discipline him how do you discipline him
0: is he maybe right are you wrong right because he's god essentially that's that's what they're thinking that this is this is the messiah
1: that's right. and And that's actually emphasized because um verse two says, "Then she bore again this time his brother Abel. And that's it. No exclamation. Mm. I got a, f- uh, a man from the Lord, His name shall be this. There's nothing there's not she doesn't Eve and Adam and Eve don't give any um meaning. they don't give any commentary. they don't give an exclamation to Abel. So it's almost like they're disappointed. Just like who is this guy? <laughs> because even the name Abel means avail, means vapor. Right. Just like oh, just the the vapor of uh, your breath, uh-huh. just which which comes and goes. Right. So as if to say, it's kind of sad because as if, this is her, their child, uh-huh. but they focus so much on Cain, and this child is just like um, a vapor for them.
0: That's something that I, I I can I can relate to, you know, with with Abel just feeling like you don't have a purpose i grew up for the majority of my life just thinking that i was a mistake hmm. because my you know my biological father raped my mother wow. and that's how i was conceived and so i found that out very young and so i why I, am i here right it's just like, oh i'm a mistake you know hmm. like I, I which means i couldn't have a purpose because i wasn't meant to be here um but in actual fact like in in hindsight I look back and I can see how that actually led me to want to be closer to God.
1: Maybe that's what it was with Abel. And that's
0: what I'm thinking. Like in his, in, in feeling, like perhaps I don't really have a purpose. Like they don't, they don't want me. It, it, maybe that drove him closer to God. Cain was a tiller of the ground, but Abel looked after the sheep for the sacrifices. Because of Cain's occupation, however, Abel has to come to Cain and ask for food. He has to humble himself and rely on his older brother. Abel has the the lesser role, looking after the sheep like David would later do. Cain though, Cain is the possessor, the obtained one, the one who was born with the help of the Lord, not the disappointment that Abel was. Cain is the firstborn, a title that had the utmost importance in this society, giving him authority over his younger sibling. One day they come to worship together, but Cain does not bring what God asked for. He brings the works of his hands. He brings the fruit of the ground. Abel, however, brings exactly what God desires, a lamb, foreshadowing the sacrifice of the Lamb of God, Christ. In rejecting the implicit commands of God that would have been no doubt taught to Cain by his parents Adam and Eve, Cain begins his descent down a very dangerous road.
1: Rebellion. He disobeys God's command. Mm-hmm. So he disobeys leadership of God, he disobeys his parents' teaching and command. Mm-hmm. And so he's disobedient to the authority right. above him because he thinks he is the authority. Mm, it he, makes sense, it makes sense. He
0: is, if he's been brought up like the authority, mm, then how is he, he's not gonna suddenly think there's someone higher than him.
1: Right, in order to get the sac, the lamb, he actually needs to ask his brother mm-hmm. to get something from him. And so when you have a, such a strong a, a, a desire to control, you don't wanna be vulnerable. You don't want to appear vulnerable to anybody, right? And so asking Abel for a lamb would be like, "I need you." Uh-huh. And so he says, "I don't need anybody. I can do my my own things." Especially, just... Especially not Abel. Especially not Abel. Who's Abel? Right. You should follow me. And so he's not obeying anybody. Um, and so he's he's bringing his own offering. A lot of people want to worship God with their own efforts. Mm. They want to bring their own works to right. God and not the Messiah, so not the Lamb.
0: There, there's there's something specific that God has asked for. Right. This is how I desire to be worshipped. Not even just desire, but this is really the only way that yeah. you can worship me.
1: Cain is saying, no, 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 I, I make rules. Right. I make rules how sacrifices are to be done.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So this is, this is worship in Cain's image. He's, he's God. And, and we, we might read this and be like, oh, wow, you know, Cain, Cain is this and he's that. And he, he thinks he's God and he's right. worshiping. And, and, just, and just look at it as if it's only Cain. But I think the real lesson in this, and this is something that I think really comes across in the, in the Hebrew narrative, mm-hmm. is that the desire of the author here is that we would see ourselves in this. Yes. That we would yes. see ourselves in Cain's actions. Sure sure we God wants us to be like Abel but so often we see ourselves like Cain Are so we disobedient? Often yeah. we come to God mm-hmm. and all right I'm going to worship God how I, wanna I want to worship yeah. I'm going to bring what I've done right. um even if this isn't what God has asked for this right. is my best and my best should right. be everything God needs
1: sometimes when we worship and when sometimes we we bring some we bring ourselves to church but we don't really come and we don't really take the sacrifice of Jesus Mm. upon us that is taking God's name in vain because you're saying you're Christian but you're not living Christian way that's taking God's name in vain even when you sing music when you sing songs in the church and you just don't think about the words Mm. that you're singing you're just saying Lord's name in vain it's a form while you're singing you can do that a lot in worship Mm. worship is either you're putting your heart in it and you're placing Jesus in the middle, mm-hmm. or you're just coming and doing a form and not thinking about it properly. You're putting your heart in it. And the funny thing is, we often fall into this this um,
0: formality of religion. Mm-hmm. But we still expect to be blessed right. at the end of it. The right. same way we go to church, we're not involved, yeah. we're not engaged, yeah. we're not we're not in, you know we're not listening, and, and and we still almost expect that that God would do something amazing for us mm-hmm. when all we're bringing is the work of our own hands.
1: And Lord doesn't respect that. It says in verse 5, he did not respect Cain and his offering. It's a Christless religion. Right.
0: But Abel does bring it. Abel, Abel knows what God expects and he brings exactly what God asks for. Mm-hmm. He brings the sacrifice. He brings the lamb that represents Christ.
1: There's several reasons why Cain is not bringing sacrifice. Mm. I mean, he, he's rebellious to the God and his teaching and parents. He doesn't want to condescend to ask a lamb from Abel. Uh, He has disorder, but also bringing a lamb means that you, you, you are a sinner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That means that you are a sinner and you need atonement for your sin. So you need help. Cain cannot admit to that, that. Uh that's the problem. He's not humble enough to admit I'm a sinner and I need savior. And he does that's why he rejects the sacrifice
0: so it's a rejection of jesus it's well.
1: rejection of jesus right there to kill a lamp was very traumatic for them they have never seen death before right mm-hmm. they lived in the perfect environment right for, for us it's for, After 6,000 years of sin, people kill animals and they don't see any compassion. They don't see any gr- gruesomeness. Yeah, we they have just,
0: slaughterhouses and businesses that right, are set up for this sole purpose. Easy. Click, click, yeah. click.
1: And but, but, but when you have never killed an animal mm-hmm. and you take a knife and you slit the knife through the throat and you see that blood coming, an animal looking in your eyes, it's a traumatic experience, mm. especially for these people who lived in a perfect environment without a death. Especially what it represented.
0: Yeah. Right, you know that lamb represents Christ. That lamb is looking at you yes. whilst you slit its you throat. You
1: slit his throat, and so it's very traumatic. It's a very personal experience. It actually, that experience, God, God instituted this sacrifice in order to make, in order to engrave it in your head so strongly that you might never sin again. Mm. Say, so, Lord, I would never sin again. I would rather die than have to slit that lamb again for my sin, because every time I sin, I have to repent and bring the lamb who will die for me. And so the the purpose of the sacrifice was God trying to encourage the race, human race, not to sin, Mm. right? Eventually the sacrifices became corrupted and people would be like, okay, uh, tonight I'm going to go to the prostitute. So can you bring me a lamp for my Uh sin later? Mm -hmm. They completely started abusing it. And instead of preventing them from sin, it was enabling sin. They flipped the mercy of God. And that's what happens sometimes in churches. We say, oh, Jesus is gonna forgive me. Might as well sin again. Just do it, Jesus is gonna forgive you. Flipping the religion, because we don't understand the bloodshed that we have done to the Son of God on the cross. So the greatest irony of this text is that Cain doesn't want to shed the blood of the lamb, Mm -hmm. but he has no problem shedding his brother's blood. Right. Before he sinned, before he killed his brother, it says that Cain was very angry, verse 5, mm-hmm. and his countenance fell. That means his body language changed. Right. He was just angry. Angry because God did not respect his offering.
0: We see there's a parallel here, I think, between um, the actions of his parents and and his own. Because in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve have sinned against God for the first time, God seeks them out. Yeah. And here, when God even just sees that Cain is is angry, yeah, uh, we see God come in, and speak to him. It says in verse six, and the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you angry? Yeah. And why qu- is your countenance fallen? That's a
1: good question.
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> what have you got to be angry about? I mean, if anything, God should be angry.
1: If anything, you should be happy that God actually spoke. But Cain doesn't seem to be excited that God is is speaking.
0: And this is this is this is what God says in
1: verse seven. If you do
0: right, there's there's rewards for doing right, and if you do wrong, then obviously something bad is going to happen. Right. Says so if you if you don't do well, sin lies at the door. Yeah, sin Satan is waiting for you to mess up. It's very
1: interesting the the way sin is described. Right, sin lying, lying, at the door. lying at the door, like uh-huh. a, like an animal getting to to jump upon Cain. But then
0: it says then it says and this is this is um, noteworthy I think, and unto thee shall be his desire and thou shalt rule over him Well, what is this about
1: well this same phrase is repeated it's actually first found in genesis 3 16 mm-hmm. where god is appointing a headship of adam over his over the wife of the family right where he says to, to eve he says your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you mm-hmm. uh, the word rule is just the, the word that describes um Adam' representative role. His position. His position of the captain of the family. He uh-huh. is the leader. And so here, uh, it is Cain who is the leader in this relationship between Cain and Abel. He's the elder brother. He's the firstborn. Right. Mm-hmm. And so firstborns usually have the leadership, but Abel is not following Cain's lead. And mm-hmm. that is probably why he's so angry. It was very strong, the headship and leadership back in then. Even between brothers. Even between brothers, very strong. It was a very strong, respected concept. Uh But at this this point, God says, um, his desire will be for you. Teshuha, that Hebrew word desire, is again used in Genesis 3.16, where it says, "Your, your wife's desire shall be for the husband, and he shall rule over you. And so he says, and his desire will be for you, and you will rule over him. So if you do what is well, if you mm-hmm. do what is correct and and proper, his love will again be given to He'll you. He'll submit to you. He'll submit to you, and he will still love you. He will follow you, and you will be the ruler. You mm-hmm. will be the proper elder's brother like you should be, but if you do well.
0: So this this is almost, on Abel's part, this is like a godly rebellion. You know, I'll yes. I'll follow you, my superior, my right. leader. For Eve, it was like I'll fo- I'll follow you, Adam, mm-hmm. as you're following the Lord.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the same with Abel. Abel says, "I'll follow Cain," mm-hmm. as
1: Cain follows the Lord. Absolutely, and that's the principle in the Bible. The Bible says, "Women submit to your husbands in the Lord." Mm-hmm. And so it is, um, if we the husbands, if we have Christ in us, then it will not be difficult for our wives mm-hmm. to submit it's a to desire our, to our to our delegated authority and yep. to our leadership and so it will be a natural thing but if we don't have christ if we try to impose a leadership without the love of jesus without a spirit of god then uh, it's just it brings disunion. so this 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 really kind of just
0: sheds new light for me on the courage of abel oh yeah that he's willing to completely go against one Of the main authority, I mean, for Abel being the youngest, everyone's an authority right, figure, right? But he's willing to go against his older brother, the first right. child ever born on earth, right? In obeying God, that's like exactly. what What courage, you know? I'll yeah. go, I'll go against you, I'll disobey you completely if you're not going to follow right. God's orders. And that's a
1: good point because Cain is not killing Abel because just because he's jealous, right? That Cain is that Abel is accepted, uh-huh. he's killing Abel because Abel is not complying mm. to him, and so to his authority. And so Cain is, is angry at Abel at this point.
0: Now, I don't know how many times I've read this verse, verse 8, but, oh, it was a long time before it really hit me. It doesn't just say that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, no. and slew him. We've missed half a verse. Yes. It says, and Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass that when they're in the field, then Cain slays him. So this is not Cain seeing that his sacrifice is being rejected, and then having a disagreement with God, mm-hmm. and just in haste and anger he goes to kill his brother. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. There's actually they talk right. There's a conversation Cain here. Cain is trying to submit Abel into following in his rebellion. That's what's going on. Cain doesn't want. It. But this is this is a very sad point. Mm. The Lord speaks to Cain, mm-hmm. but does Cain ever respond? Never. Wow, he doesn't respond. There is an attempt for dialogue, mm-hmm. but there is no response. God seeks us out as well, and He speaks to us through the Bible. He says if you do well, you know God will bless you. And so God seeks us out, and sometimes we don't respond. If He just responded, maybe He, if He talked with God instead of talking with Abel and then kill him. Maybe there would be a better outcome. If you have an issue, go talk to the Lord first mm-hmm. and then go talk with other humans. Right. So
0: this this is this is Cain murdering Abel in in a rage. Right. It says that Cain rose up against Abel.
1: <sighs> That's right. I don't know why they were in the field. Uh where's Adam and Eve? They seem to separate. Mm. They went in the field. Maybe they were walking. They went for a walk and Cain is trying to persuade him that I'm the elder, you should follow me. This is what you should have done. This is what you should have done. Because that's exactly what in verse seven God is God is mentioning that this as a greatest issue in that mm-hmm. relationship. You know, he you should rule over him if you do what is well. And so that's why because of this desire from the from the very beginning, Cain has this sick desire to always rule. His name means almost the ruler, the, the possessor. The one who should rule Mm -hmm. and so he doesn't he doesn't want to be under anybody's authority and he almost feels threatened by Abel's sacrifice because he feels like he's losing this um, he's losing this privileged position and
0: and let's just take a moment to comprehend that this is the very first murder And this is not, you know, generations and generations after sin. Like right. we're one step down from perfection. Right. And we already see the fulfillment of what God said in Genesis 3:15, where he says there'll be enmity. There'll be two sides here. There'll be those that want to follow God and mm-hmm. those that don't. And even if they're related, if they're if they're if one's with the Lord and one isn't. And there's enmity. There's, there's going to be problems. There's going to be strife. We see the direct fulfillment of that in Cain taking his brother's life.
1: Yeah. And back then, humanity was very strong. Mm-hmm. They just came out of Eden. The genetic defects haven't settled in. They had a very strong race, you know, very, very tall. They were very, very genetically strong. And it was very hard to kill, man. Right. And so this had to be a tremendous uh, exercise and rage. He's extending great effort. It doesn't say how he killed him. Did he kill him with his with his fist? Did he kill him with his with a stone? It doesn't say. Uh It just says killed him. Um, That must have been like some kind of mad rage in order to kill the brother.
0: Cain has almost perfect parents. He lives in an almost perfect world. He hears the very voice of God talking to him. But it's not enough. Truly, the prophecy of Genesis 3.15 was already coming to pass. Two seeds, two classes of people. What a shame that Cain, the obtained one, would choose to turn his back on God. When we come back, we'll see how God reacts to Earth's very first murder. I'm Dean Cullinane, and you're listening to why they did that. We don't all grow up knowing exactly what we want to do in life. Sometimes we settle on an idea and then we change and then we change back. It can be quite frustrating. Well, if this sounds like you, the map program offered by Weimar Institute, might be just what you're looking for. The MAP or the medical assistant program is only four months long, and you'll learn all sorts of health-related skills, both theory and practical, resulting in a certificate qualification that can lead to employment in local clinics and even hospitals. Jesus's life was all about healing. Maybe yours should be too. If you're interested, check out weimar.edu and look for the Health Map Program. And so the Lord comes to Cain and says, Cain, where is Abel? So often we read these things and just skip right by, but take this in for just a moment. Abel has been killed by his own brother. Blood, innocent blood has been spilt on the earth for the first time and God has seen for the first time something he had never wanted to see, death. Imagine God's pain as he watches Cain turn on his younger brother. Imagine what he is going through when he sees Abel clinging on to life as he sees him bleed out and finally breathe his last breath. God is the giver of life. And he has to watch as his very creation snatches life away from an innocent soul. And so God comes to Cain and says, Cain, where is Abel? Where is Abel? Abel? Where's Abel?
1: And there's complete indifference from Cain's side. Exactly. This is, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper?
0: And I mean, if anyone wants to know just how far
1: sin can take someone, what a picture. It's so sad. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, we are. We are our brother's keepers. And that's exactly what is problem with Cain. He doesn't care about anybody except himself. He doesn't care about his brother. He doesn't care about his parents and um, he doesn't care about God. He just, he just wants his own pleasure and satisfaction. All he wants, he wants control. Mm-hmm. He wants to rule over Abel or everybody. But God says, that's not how it happens because you have, if you are rebellious, others will rebel against you. And the greater his desire for control, the less control he ends up having. And so the same thing is with us. Um, if we want to have a family and you want your children to obey you, and to submit to your authority. More you disobey God, more they will disobey you. Mm. You will be sowing thorns and thistles in your own household if you you rebel. So this is all about rebellion. Mm -hmm. The whole chapter is, the theme of the chapter is rebellion.
0: And the fact that God actually chases down Cain and comes to him after he's killed his own brother, I mean, this isn't the God of the Old Testament that we normally hear of. Right. This is God in the Old Testament running after sinners, murderers, trying to save them. God
1: doesn't kill him, so he's merciful, but God is also just. Mm-hmm. So he must show that there's consequences. So he says the, the, the earth will not yield the strength to you anymore. That's just the natural consequence of rebellion. But also if you will be a fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. You need to be exiled which is the same thing that he, ge- he told Adam and Eve. Right. Adam and Eve in the garden. God says, in the day you shall eat from the fruit, you shall surely die. Die, But did they die the day they, sh- they ate from the fruit? No. No, they didn't. God was merciful. He says, mm-hmm. I'm going to die. We're going to do the sacrifice. But
0: they still have to be exiled from... But
1: they still had to bear consequences. Mm-hmm. They can't be that close. So they can understand the gravity of situation. They're, they're not killed... Their, their life is prolonged, they have opportunity to to sacrificial system to repent, but they need to be removed from Eden. Mercy and justice. God is mm. merciful, but there needs to be that justice right. as well.
0: Cain's response, though, I think perfectly kind of sums up the picture that you've given of, yeah. of him so far. He says, my punishment is greater than I can bear. I mean, what a spoiled brat. Yeah. He's he's disrespected God with his totally unacceptable worship. Right. He's allowed his anger and his frustration to get the better of him. Oh, yeah. He goes and kills his little brother in an act of rage and
1: then complains that God is too harsh. So Cain is complaining about the merciful punishment that God is bringing to Cain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so instead of Cain repenting and saying, Lord... I repent, I killed my brother. What have I done? Don't drive me away. I'm a sinner. I okay, I will confess my sin. I will I will con- I will confide in Messiah. Please take away my my sin and bring mm-hmm. in the sacrifice. That would be the right right thing to do. Right. But he's complaining against God's measure. And um and so and so what would God respond? My response would be like, what you're even complaining? I mm. should have killed you. Right. You're even complaining? But that's not God's response. Mm. Cain is complaining because he he in his paranoid mind thinks that somebody's going to come and, and avenge Abel. Right. He thinks that somebody's going to come and kill him because of what he has done. Mm-hmm. Even though God says God is not saying anything about that. Right. And so in in his mind he thinks somebody's going to come and kill him and and he And God says, no, verse 15, the Lord said to him, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him. And then I will put the sign on you. And so Lord says to him, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. See, this is is so mind boggling
0: that Cain has just taken the life of his brother. He's he's the first murderer ever on earth. But God protects he's his life. He's protecting him.
1: Like. Making a special sign. Unless anyone accidentally finds him or avenged him. Even though nobody's hmm. really doing that. At this point, there's Adam and Eve. And maybe Adam and Eve have several daughters. There is no set yet. There is no other um, son. Right. What paranoia is this? This is just excuse. But God is even working with His excuses. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole time, Cain seems to be saying that that it's not just. It's not just. He's going against the system. He's going against the sacrifice. He's going against what what should be done. And now even this pronouncement from God, he's just like, no, I reject it. I don't want it. And God is running after him. Mm. Why is God running after him so much? If I didn't tell you this story, mm. but I just explained about a dictator, mm-hmm. Cain was really the di- dictator right. right from the start, a paranoid dictator who kills his own brother, um, who lies about killing his brother, and and you talk about, would you have mercy on a person like that? Honestly, no. I wouldn't feel it's necessary. But God is really running after Cain. And the, the only answer I have in my mind, in my heart, is God doesn't want to kill Cain. He wants to give him chance to repent. Mm. That's what God wants. And that is crazy. And maybe you have heard the voice of God in your life and you denied several times, God is still after you. Mm. God is still after you like he was after Cain and he still wants to be merciful to you he still wants to protect you he's trying to break your heart not with heart not with punishment but with his love I remember when I was uh, in high school and I was 18 years old and we were turning in age when you were about to be mature and I was already in the church. Mm-hmm. And I knew I knew about the truth, and um, I, I read the Bible five times, uh-huh. and I read uh, spiritual books, and I was convinced, mm-hmm. in, uh, but I was not converted. Mm-hmm. I was convicted in the, in truth, but I was not converted in my heart. Right. So I was living a little bit of a double life, mm-hmm. and um, not always, but sometimes I would go with friends, and we would go to. I would sneak out of my mother's house and. In the evening, and go to disco club and drink. It was boring in disco clubs because it was just like you can't hear one another. <laughs> but anyways, everybody does it. But one time we we went to this prom trip to Spain, mm. and there was no my mom, my mom, my dad, nobody's around. I I was not I was I was in a public school. My dad was not uh, my dad is not uh, faithful, mm. so he would not allow me to go to a religious school. Mm. And so I, I went to the public school system, and so, you know, I I tried to keep my faith in the public school, but um, on that particular prom trip, I yielded to the wishes of my friends, and we started drinking tequila. Mm. And uh, this is my first time drinking something in my life, really. Right. And um, I think I got seven shots of tequila, Um which they thought it was funny because I didn't feel the rush right away you don't mm-hmm. feel it right away like first second third fourth mm-hmm. after about five and six the floor started spinning Ugh. The and um, they told me I blacked out <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they told me I was dancing I was trying to I was trying to hit some women in the club I don't remember any of that they're probably lying I hope they're lying, <laughs> hope they're lying. I, I actually don't remember anything after the sixth or seventh cup little small cups. And I just... The the next thing I remember, I'm sitting on the beach in a blanket and there are some people around me and my friends are not there. Mm. There's some people from another school in Croatia and there was this girl next to me. And we haven't done anything mm-hmm. because, yeah, I asked her if, what happened. <laughs> Did we do anything? She said, no. Because I guess I was ugly in high school. Nobody liked me. Mm. Anyways, but... <laughs> she she was there sitting with me and maybe I don't know but what, what why, why was she sitting with me and we started talking about something and I was just like wow it was crazy and um what happened what's going on so this lady starts talking about what's your what's your horoscope like you you seem to be maybe one of those guys who like it's it's just your, not your day mm. what's your astrology sign let me mm. interpret this I said, well I'm uh I don't believe in astrology I don't believe in horoscope. Mm-hmm. She said, really? Why don't you believe in horoscope? I says, I believe because um, it's. I don't believe the stars tell the destiny. I, I believe in God. And I believe that the horoscope, it's from the devil. And she looked at me and said, which church do you go to? She looked at me like this. Mm. And I said, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. At that point, I was a drunken Seventh-day Adventist <laughs> sitting on the beach. And I was not a very good witness. All right and she was like you know i can you know i can i can conjure any spirit and i'm like what Mm. my father is the greatest spirit occultist in croatia we are both drunk here but we are on opposite sides and she just left she stood up and left and i'm like what's going on Mm. she noticed that even though i was drunk and i was away from the lord I was not on Satan's team. Mm. She said, We're on opposite sides of this battle. And she left. And I looked at the sky and said, Lord, I am glad that she said that because I was actually on the devil's side today. We were not on opposite sides, but the devil himself said, You're not on my side. God is still protecting me. Even in my sin and my known sin, God was still telling me, I did not abandon you. The devil couldn't get me. The devil said, you're not mine. You're not mine. I want you to be mine, but for some reason, you're on the opposite side. In spite of what I have done to dishonor my creator, mm-hmm. yeah. the Lord spoke to me and you're still mine. I'm not letting you go and that it wasn't the punishment of God that makes us repent actually most of the time it's not the punishment that makes us repent it's his mercy that he still fights for us even though we have departed from him that's the only thing that can really melt that can melt our heart the blood of Abel cries out for vengeance but the penalty for our sins it was paid by the blood of Jesus and so even now jesus's blood is crying out for you and it is saying you're still mine i still love you i still want you in heaven i am coming back for you let us not be like cain don't turn your back on god don't turn your back on salvation don't walk away listen the voice of blood is calling your name god cannot bear to lose another one of his children. God lost Abel, and then he lost Cain, but he wants you.
0: He that hath an ear, let him hear. And you just heard our latest show. If you'd like to hear more, or harken back to a previous episode, you can find us at whytheydidthat.org. Please also subscribe to our show at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on your favorite social media accounts Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at whytheydidthat. This show was produced and edited by Christian Fried. Finally, we want to thank Weimar Institute, the media department, and especially Teresa Costello for help making this possible. Once again, I'm Dean Cullinane and you're listening to Why They Did That.